for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! Um, currently live on Twitch for the first time in a minute. We got uh, Jaden's box doing a little dance there, but... It'll get it'll get itself situated, but it's good to be back back in the uh, live streaming groove. We did um, or Jaden and Mitch came out with a two round mock and posted that podcast. But it's good to be back with you, bro. How you been? Yeah, doing good. I'm glad that we were able to get that out. Um, glad to be able to cover some free agency stuff. Uh, over the next couple of days, and we're now moving officially into draft season. Drafts about a month away now. Yeah, I know. It's about we've been talking about what our plans are going to be for the draft, and we've thought about possibly doing a live stream of the at least the ticker of the draft. Um, you know, but those those plans are literally just being born. So. Yeah, we'll keep you posted with that, but yeah, we'll definitely do something fun for the draft, but it's crazy, man, because once football ended, like, I'm going to be honest, like, I wanted to focus on, like, baseball and March Madness for just a little bit, but it seems like every single day, it was like, you know what, Devontae Adams is getting traded to the Raiders, Uh, Tyreek Hill is getting traded to the Dolphins, Russ to the Broncos, Khalil Mack to the Chargers, and it's like, I could never get eventually became like too much i was like this is i can't even wrap my head around all this i mean have we had an off season like this in our lifetime or in anybody's lifetime nfl no i mean nba we've had like two or three that were close in the last couple years and like that's one of the main things that like kept me as like an nba over nfl fan for a little bit was that the off seasons were so exciting for the NBA. Like you felt like every off season, you're going to see one of the top five players move and, you know, two or three other top 15 guys move, guys teaming up everywhere, but that's moved to the NFL. And I personally, I love it. Um, I can't imagine that some of the teams that have these players are getting moved, i.e. chiefs, bears, Packers love it that much, but I'm not one of those teams. So as for right now, I love this movement. Yeah, I'm for it too, man. It's just like, I need to see it on the field. Like, I can't imagine everybody in all these different jerseys, yeah. you know? Like, they posted, um, NFL put Tyler Lockett's tweet about Madden looking so different this year. Um, They put it as, like, their their main profile picture. No, not profile picture. Like, what is it called? on Header. Yeah, the header. Yeah. yeah. But, um. But yeah, wild off season to say the least. But what we're gonna do for you is we're gonna dive into a AFC preview uh, or not preview uh, recap of the off season, and we're gonna do free agency and trades, and then we'll do the same thing for the NFC tomorrow, and it'll be Mitchell and I on that one. But yeah, me and you breaking down the AFC, and honestly, this is the big one. I mean, we saw an exodus of players move from the NFC to the AFC in this offseason. And I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. So 
big episode coming towards you. So let's go ahead and get started, shall we? All right. <clears throat> so leading off our AFC free agency trade breakdown is the AFC North. And the first team we got out of there is a team that made a Super Bowl appearance with Mr. Joey B this past season, and that is the Cincinnati Bengals. And it was a big storyline, obviously, going into the Super Bowl and going into the offseason. They need to fix that offensive line, put together any semblance of an offensive line. And they definitely got that done. Um, so to recap it for you, um, the Bengals in free agency, they brought in Alex Kappa, uh, the guard from the Bucks, on a four-year, $35 million deal. Uh, they brought in Lyle Collins on a three-year, $21 million deal. Um, the tackle out of Dallas, and obviously one of the best in the game. Um, there was a lot of debate during the season and more in the offseason where he was going to end up, and he ends up in the perfect place. And it didn't stop there for their offensive line. They end up with Ted Karras. Karras? Cars? Karras. Karras. There we go. Um, but Ted Karras, the center out of New England, who overtook David Andrews' job after he left and definitely filled in solid for New England. And they bring him in on a three-year, $18 million deal in Cincinnati. And kind of a shocker here, Eli Apple is still playing football. Um, they brought their cornerback, Eli Apple, who got absolutely embarrassed all season on a one-year, $4 million deal. And they also brought in tight end Hayden Hurst on a one-year, $3.5 million deal out of Atlanta. And the only player they ended up losing in the offseason was tight end C.J. Uzoma on a three-year, $24 million deal. And something that's also noteworthy is they brought back Jesse Bates on the franchise tag. So they've got him to hang around. But what we're going to do is we're going to give out grades. Um, F to A, or if you want to throw pluses and minuses in there, feel free. But, um, yeah, we're going to go ahead and grade all these off-seasons for these teams pre-draft. So for the Bengals, dude, I, I mean – Everybody was concerned about their offensive line. It seems like they did the most they could in the offseason to address it. Sure, you had guys like Armstrong out there, you know, like that you could end up with. But this is great. I'm going to give them an A-. minus. What do you think? Yeah, I was kind of thinking along the same track of an A-. minus. I like what they did. I like how you aggressively go out. I mean, they get Alex Kappa within the first five minutes of free agency. Um, and then you get Lyle Collins, who's a legit superstar, probably a top five right tackle in the NFL on a steal. Three years, $21 million is very, very cheap for a starting tackle. I mean, the Steelers paid Chuck Sokora for three years, 29, and he's arguably the worst player on our terrible offensive line. So absolute steal for Lyle Collins. The reason why it's not an A plus um, is the fact that they couldn't bring Jesse Bates back on a long-term deal. I think the franchise tag is a little concerning for me. If I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan, I feel like Jesse Bates, that's your guy. He's, you know, arguably positional value aside, the best player on your team. And the fact that he wasn't ready to sign a long-term contract after a Super Bowl season, or you weren't ready to give it to him is a little concerning. So, you know, 
I guess that's not good, but everything else is good for the Cincinnati Bengals right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely capitalized off their Super Bowl appearance with a really solid offseason, man. So far, pre-draft. But, yeah, and I don't know why you didn't correct me, man. Why did I say Armstrong? Oh, yeah. I was just going to let you go. Sometimes I just let you go because I feel like an ass to be like, eh, it's Armstead. But, you, know, <laughs> you got to do it, man. This people is a, know. It's a fucking football know. podcast, dude. Come on. Got to right. gotta show the host up. Next time, I want you to scream in your microphone when I make a mistake. But, okay. um, okay. but yeah, so we're both putting an A- on the Bengals. Um, yeah, like I said, there were some better offensive line options out there. But, I mean... Lyle Collins especially stands out. I mean, that's a great addition. Throw that on the tackle position. Um, CJ Uzoma, a little bit of a loss. Uh, he was heavily yeah, used. because it really felt like he was building a connection mm-hmm. there with Burrow. And, like, Hayden Hurst is good. And, you know, there's no telling whether he could come in and be that guy again for Cincinnati. But the fact that Burrow, CJ already had that, I kind of thought they'd bring him back. But Hayden Hurst is a much cheaper option. Yeah, for sure. And I just, like, really down the stretch, he was hitting Uzoma pretty consistently. But we haven't seen Hayden Hurst perform in an offensive role in an offense in a while. I mean, he was pretty active in Baltimore, semi. But once he ended up in Atlanta, he didn't really do anything. He was outshined by Austin Hooper and eventually Kyle Pitts. So, and then Kyle yeah. Pitts. But, um... Yeah, overall, great offseason for the Who Day Nation. Um, but yeah, next team we got on the docket is the Baltimore Ravens. And they also had a pretty decent offseason. They brought in safety Marcus Williams, who has had his own questions in New Orleans recently. But they bring him in on a fat deal. And definitely one of the best safeties in the league. Um, five years, $70 million. Um, and then they bring in... Former Washington Redskins slash football team slash commander uh, Morgan Moses. Um, they bring him at the tackle position. Three years, $15 million, um, coming from the Jets. And then they also became, gave fullback Patrick Ricard. Um, Ricard? Yeah. Um, three years, $11.25 million. And he's been like a staple of that team for a while. You know, like... It's kind of who did they have before? Yeah. Um, John. No, that was Uzcheck. No, not you. Yeah, they had Uzcheck, but then it was Vontae Leach. Vontae yeah, Leach, that's who it was. Yeah. But yeah, Baltimore's always had that signature, that signature fullback, and they've got him now, um, on a significant deal. But on the outside, they had Anthony Averett gone one year, four million dollars to Las Vegas. Um. Center Bradley Bozeman on a one-year $2.8 million deal to Carolina. And they haven't brought back Calais Campbell or Deshaun Elliott. And we pretty much expect them to move on. So what are you thinking for your uh, for your grade, man? Um, well, I like a lot of what they did as far as going out and signing guys. I'm probably going to have to stick with like a B to a B-plus on this one. Just because the Lamar Jackson extension is not done. That should be done by now, and I know that like it's not necessarily on Baltimore's side, and it's not Baltimore's fault that it's not done because supposedly Lamar is just like 
waiting for some reason. I, I don't know if he's waiting for all these other quarterbacks to get their extensions, but all the guys in his class, Josh Allen's got his, Baker's not getting one, Josh Rosen's not on a roster, and Sam Donald's probably not getting an extension either. So I don't know what he is waiting for exactly, but the fact that Deshaun Watson just got $230 million fully guaranteed, it's not good for Baltimore because Lamar Jackson – borderline on the level of a Deshaun Watson type player, especially when you take into account what Deshaun Watson's situation is off the field. Lamar Jackson's going to want that kind of money guaranteed. And for a guy with his playing style, that's a little scary for Baltimore. So, you know, you keep Lamar Jackson, obviously, if you can. But the fact that that's not done is a little scary. So I'm going to stick with a B on this for Baltimore. Yeah, I like that. Um, Yeah, I'll stick with a B too. Uh, Marcus Williams, that's a big one. But... That's a pretty big deal. That's a lot yeah, of money, too. I know. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Um, a lot of money for a guy like Marcus Williams. Um, they went and I, and I mean, good for them. They made a splash with it, but they should have had Zadarius Smith, but they dropped the ball on that. And like you said, haven't done much to address the Lamar Jackson situation. And I just don't understand why he's negotiating his own contract. I. Like that's got to be the. I think there's. I think there's two ways that it could go. One of them is that he's going to be so excited because he he likes Baltimore. Like he he likes playing for the team. He likes Harbaugh. He likes the organization. So he could just be like, you know what? I'm willing to stay for like thirty million a year. Like I just want to keep us competitive. Kind of like the Brady thought process because he seems like the kind of guy that would do that. Or he's going to walk in and demand you know two hundred plus million dollars guaranteed because there's no agent to tell him they're not going to give you that. And I personally, I would love to see him walk in and guarantee $200 million because either that, they're going to give it to him or he's not going to be in my division anymore. So either way, that's great. But if he takes a massive pay cut to stay there, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. <clears throat> I just can't imagine how those meetings go. Like, hey, I want a lot of money. Figure out how you're going to put that on paper. Like, I don't. Well, the thing is, there's been no meetings because apparently he he has had no want to do it. And um, Basaccia came out today and was saying how he doesn't like how the Watson contract is going to affect contracts in the future. So I think that that might be a little telling as to what might be going on in the Lamar Jackson contract situation, whether that be that's what he's already asked or he's afraid that that's what he's going to ask. Yeah, true, true. But very interesting situation, to say the least. And We'll keep you updated as we are updated, but yeah, I'm going to rock with, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to drop down to B minus man. Like they made a splash signing and it's a good signing, but was it the right one? Mm. So Darius Smith would have fit a lot better there. I feel. I was just about to say, if this was the Darius Smith, if you just add Zadarius Smith onto this list, I think this might be an A with mm. the contract that they initially gave him. Like, I think this would probably be it sitting in an A right now. Because you think about their pass rush. I mean, Michael Pierce apparently is a headed back or headed to both. Oh, he's not. He's not pass rushing anything. Oh yeah, and I completely forgot that Michael Pierce coming back. That's also nice. But pass rush is just a Dafi Owen. Yeah, right that's now what because all of the other defensive linemen are you know free agents. So that could be a spot that they look at number fourteen. But True. who knows if there's going to be a guy worth taking at fourteen available at that? Point. Definitely some edge talent in the draft from what I've yeah. gathered from the yeah, blitz mock drafts. Yeah, one of the deepest edge classes we've had in recent memory. For sure. For sure. All right, let's go ahead and move on in the division, and let's move on to the team that's 
had arguably the most exciting offseason so far, um, and that is the Cleveland Browns. So uh, they brought in their franchise guy. They officially signed him up, and it's not Baker Mayfield. It is to Sean Watson on a five-year, $230 million deal, the most guaranteed money in a contract in NFL history, and it's not even remotely close. I think it's like a $40 million difference. But, yeah, they bring in their franchise guy, they lock him up, and they traded this year's 13th pick in the first round, um, next year's first-round pick, and 2023 first-round pick. Um, They also traded for Amari Cooper and got him for just a fifth-round pick. So you're pairing Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper. Can't go wrong there. Um, And then they brought in Jakeem Grant, the return specialist, uh, three years, $10 million, which seems a little steep-ish. But, hey. He had that one good game on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, that's true. Come on. (laughs) Hey, gosh. $10 million a year. (laughs) What was I thinking? But... Yeah, so they bring in the return specialist, the speedster, Jakeem Grant, and they also bring in their backup QB, uh, Mr. Jacoby Brissett, on a one-year, $4.5 million deal. And the guys they have leaving Cleveland um, and not returning next year, Austin Hooper, he's headed to Tennessee, Uh, Baker Mayfield, obviously out of town, not sure where he's going to end up yet. I mean, it's... Yeah, I've heard all the. Personally, I think it's going to end up being Seattle because Indy else? was on that list, and then Indy went out and got Matt Ryan. It's Seattle or Carolina, and Seattle can basically force them to just trade him for a third round pick because Carolina doesn't have a third round pick, like they they or a second round pick. So that's Seattle's really the only team in the market that has an asset that's worth it for Baker Mayfield, unless you know. I would say Pittsburgh could be in this conversation, but it's in a division. I highly doubt they trade within the division. The only way he ends up in Pittsburgh is if he gets cut. Yeah, true. <clears throat> but, yeah, man, I, I can't think of any other destination. I mean, there is no other destination besides Carolina and Seattle. Um, but I heard that apparently Carolina and Baker have a mutual disinterest in each other. Yeah. So, looking yeah. like Seattle. But... They also have Jarvis Landry headed out of Cleveland. Um, Jadavion Clowney is not returning or may return. Um, they haven't signed contracts yet. And J.C. Treader, uh, their center, is headed out of town as well, supposedly. So I guess I'll drop my grade first. Dude, With, I mean, they did lose some minor guys, but I got to give this, I got to give this an A+. Because, I mean, they didn't really address a lot of the defensive side, but that offense, I mean, just think about it. You got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt already there. That offensive line is phenomenal. Um, Losing Treader is a big deal, but that offensive line is phenomenal. Now you've got Deshaun Watson, and he'll be able to run plenty of RPO stuff, um, stuff that they didn't do with Baker, and a more efficient play-action game. And... Then you throw in Amari Cooper, who what what are you thinking about Amari Cooper this year, man? What what are your projections? I mean, like fantasy wise or just like, like just as a, that, a yard I mean, I think he's gonna I think he could very well return to like a top being considered a top ten receiver again. I think a lot of people have kind of like moved him out of that conversation, like almost unwarranted. I like 
I know that he wasn't putting up the numbers that you'd like for him to see, and he's had a little bit of injury problems, but it's a little bit of a crowded wide receiver room in Dallas. I think now he comes in as the immediate bona fide wide receiver one, unless they make any more moves. I know like they're talking about bringing Odell back. They're talking about bringing Jarvis Landry back. I don't, can we talk about the fact that Jarvis Landry got cut because he's making too much money at $14 million and then said, you know what? I'm in looking for something in the $20 million range. <laughs> what? But, Perfectly you know, logical. If they bring Odell, yeah, if they bring in Odell and or Landry back, then that obviously takes a little bit off of Cooper's value. But the fact that you're bringing him into the situation, the fact that they got him for a fifth and then you get to see Devontae Adams get traded for a first and a second and you get to see that they pay him and Tyree kill the same, pretty much the same thing. That looks like an absolute steal right now. If it, if it didn't look like that before, it looks fantastic right now. And then obviously you're adding Watson into the fold there. I think this is an A just because they've had a lot of stuff. They've had a lot of other stuff happen. And obviously we know about Watson's off the field stuff. You don't know what his suspension is going to be. Could be four, could be six, could be eight, could be all of next year. I listened to like a 45 second snippet of the deposition today. He definitely did that shit. <laughs> um, so he's probably going to get suspended at least something next year because of the way that it's weird how the NFL is going to handle it. No one really knows, but Brissett's going to be playing some games. Um, do you think Baker? But, I mean, moving Baker forward, comes back. I mean, I've heard a lot about like they've talked about. They've yeah, they've they've said that they'd be willing to keep Baker for those games. But I just like I don't know because Baker's kind of an impossible situation because you're not you don't have the you don't have the ability as of right now to be like yeah I don't want to play those games like that just continues to drop your value more like who's going to give you a contract after what we just saw and then you go out and do that. Or you go out there and like lose games on purpose, like some people are suggesting. Like, I mean, that's like I know you want to stick up to the Browns after how they've you know gone throughout this process, but you ultimately have to look out for yourself. And if you do something stupid here, whether it be not playing or whatever, you might not get another contract. So yeah, I I don't know. I still think he ends up in Seattle <laughs> before the season starts. Fair. Um, that honestly, I might drop my grade down to an A. Because the handling of this Baker situation has been bad. I mean, his trade value could not get any lower right now. So you might as well just wait, um, play him out for the games that... But also in the same breath, I don't think Baker wants to play in a Browns uniform anymore. Like, Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, If he, if he chooses not to, like this, that, that might be the only opportunity to fix his you know, fix his stock around the league and to maybe find yourself in a better situation. Um, Cause right now you're going to go to a really, really rebuilding Seattle team. Like I know you've got DK Metcalf, but all these teams talking about, they want an X receiver and he seems to be the next guy that's on a rebuilding team with no, you know, nothing in the short term going on. He could be on the move and, or Tyler Lockett could also be on the move as well. Tyler Lockett's older, he definitely doesn't fit their timeline, so you could definitely see him moving. Additionally, I think that Treader's a big loss. I think if Clowney ends up leaving, I know he was a, he his contract just expired, so he could very well end up coming back to Cleveland. But if he doesn't, I think that's another big loss. He played pretty well for them last year. Yeah, for sure. Um, last thing, last couple things I'll say. Um, Baker, uh, like I said earlier, his value could not get any lower than it is right now. 
um, you might as well. Your only opportunity is to trade him now to Seattle or wait till training camp and hopefully a quarterback gets injured or you hang on to him if that's an option going into the season, have him play Deshaun's games out and then wait till like week three or four when a quarterback is out for the year with an injury and then you trade him to that team, you know? So also last thing I'll say, I think I want to temper my expectations for Amari Cooper, man. Like I know you guys are huge on Amari Cooper, but like, and obviously like talent wise, he's one of the best wide receivers in the league, but Stefanski's offense isn't set up for a wide receiver to thrive. Like it wasn't just Baker's it's, fault. It's set up for one one wide receiver to thrive. It's not set up to feed multiple mouths. But if you have one superstar wide receiver, which seems like it's going to be the situation, it's just going to be Amari Cooper and a bunch of guys that you can pick up. I think that he could really do well there, and he's going to be able to get open a lot there. And I, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a much better situation for him statistically than it was in Dallas just because there's no C.D. Lamb breathing down his neck. Fair. Fair. All right. So what you what you slapping on the grade? I got an A. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to stick with an A. Okay, sweet. All right. Let's move on to the Steelers, your very own, yours truly. And they had a pretty decent offseason, man, Um, so far, pre-draft. But let's dive into it. So they brought in James Daniels, the guard out of Chicago, Chicago. On a three-year, $26.5 million deal. Um, they also brought in Miles Jack. Uh, two years, $16 million. They brought him in from Jacksonville. Um, and then they brought in Mr. Mitchell Trubisky. Quarterback, formerly a Chicago Bear, formerly a Buffalo Bill, now a Pittsburgh Steeler. On a two-year, $14 million deal. Um, they also bring in cornerback Akello Witherspoon. On a two-year, $8 million deal from, or they just re-signed him? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then I put re-signs. Gotcha. Um, but they also added Levi Wallace, cornerback at a Buffalo, on a two-year, $8 million deal as well. And on the departing from Pittsburgh side, you've got Juju Smith-Schuster uh, signing a one-year, $3 million deal, which was even lower than what we were talking about during the season. Um, I remember hitting you guys with like the four or five million dollar mark and I was yelled at. Um and he was hit with three million. So Well, it is worth up to ten. I think he gets like an extra like five million dollars oh, if smart. they make the AFC championship. So gotcha. I just put that because that was what it was listed on spot gotcha. track. Um, but you guys also lost uh, Ray Ray McLeod to San Francisco on a two-year deal. And you lost James Washington on a one-year, $1 million deal to Dallas. So wide receiver room kind of thinning out. But you guys had a very deep wide receiver room to begin with. But what are you going to give your Pittsburgh Steelers as a grade, man? Um, well, I... So the first day of free agency, the day that we got Trubisky, we re-signed Okora 4, and we got Mason Cole. I know that we didn't list two out of the three of those, but I was legitimately depressed. I thought, like, are you serious? Is this actually happening? Like, what are we doing? Um, and then the second day came, and we just made a bunch of really good signings. I mean, James Daniels, three-year 27, he's only 
24 years old, uh, can play both guard and center. Then we get Miles Jack. That's great. Uh, we really needed another linebacker. Now we have him and Bush together, so I'm very happy. Plus, cheap, solid corner. Um, obviously, losing the wide receivers hurts, and, and I think that means a second-round or third-round wide receiver, which we've done really well at drafting, and I'm very excited for us to you know get one of these guys in a very deep wide receiver class. But the fact that Deshaun Watson is a Cleveland Brown makes this all null and void because Deshaun Watson is under contract, fully guaranteed for the next five years. He's a Cleveland Brown for at least the next five years. Joe Burrow is a Cincinnati Bengal for at least the next three years. And in all likelihood, Lamar Jackson does get that deal done in Baltimore. He's probably going to be there for another five years. And as much as like I'd love to say, you know, we're going to go get Pickett, Willis. I don't want us to get Pickett. But if we get Willis or whoever, maybe next year we go out and get a guy doesn't feel like it's going to matter unless they're a superstar because we have three legitimate top eight quarterbacks under contract for at least the next three years. And the initial report was that Deshaun, obviously he ends up in the AFC North, but the initial report was that the only AFC team that Watson was interested in was the Steelers. And we didn't even call. So I, I mean, like, says how the do guy you do that? who five minutes ago was like, I listened to the deposition and he definitely did that. Shit. Oh, he no, he did. He did that shit. <laughs> and I don't want him. I wouldn't want him on my team as someone as if I'm like a PR uh, employee, I don't want him on the roster. However, I'm a football fan and I want to see the product that he's going to put on the field. And he's going to put out one of the best products at the quarterback position. He is a good, and not only player. do we not have him, now we have to play him twice. Mm. So it just it just feels like none of it matters because we're going to finish fourth. Like, this is kind of what I was talking about to an extent with the Raiders before they go out and get Adams. I was like, great, you know, you're going to go 0-6 in your division. You're going to have to go nearly perfect outside of the division to even make a wild card, and that's kind of how it feels for us. If, if Watson doesn't, you know, if Watson doesn't end up in Cleveland, I'm probably giving this like a B-plus to an A-minus just because it was a lot of, like, low money deals um for for solid players that i think could become something in pittsburgh like i i don't really know what to think of trubisky yeah i right didn't now, hear any I, talk about trubisky in I, that I, rant. okay so Trubis, trubisky opinion that's your starting quarterback um, bro yeah i think i think it's going to be interesting obviously it doesn't look like malik willis is going to make it to 20 at this point in time um <laughs> and like i like Hal, i kind of like ritter but I don't like them enough to take them at 20 and I think they'll be gone by 52. So we're kind of in a rough spot right now. I mean, like I'd love to, I'm sure every team would love to say we'll trade back and like everybody would say that, but I just, I can't see us doing that at this point in time. So if Trubisky is the guy, um, you know, it's going to be a pretty low floor. Uh, Obviously if what we saw in Chicago comes out again, you know, you can attribute whatever you want to Matt Nagy. Um, but the fact of the matter is he's not anything like those other three quarterbacks in the division. And with an offensive line, that's not exactly going to hold up very well. And you're losing three of the five receivers. Granted, there are receivers three, four, and five in our depth chart. Um, I just, the offense feels like it's going to be just as good as it was last year, if not worse. You know, I, there's not really much we could do. Our hands were tied. Like, sure, we could have got Winston. We could have traded for somebody. But, I mean... It's very low cost, I will say that. And, like, if Baker becomes available, I'm all in on that happening. Um, but I just 
not really a whole lot there. I don't see him being the starting quarterback pass this year, if he even is this year. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree much much with you there. Um, I will say, like, people don't people don't give Trubisky enough credit because he's still a young guy. He still has. I mean, the Bears drafted him number one overall because he had number one overall. Oh, number two overall. Um, but they drafted him within the top five picks and as their franchise quarterback because he had franchise quarterback potential. So Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I mean, maybe it was just Chicago, and he comes to Pittsburgh, and is he fulfills the prophecy? Also, so speaking speaking of fulfilling the prophecy, I remember screaming at my television at like eleven or twelve years old. Um, and watching Miles Jack fall down after being like a projected top 10 pick, but he got injured or something and he falls and he keeps falling. I'm like, please, please pick Miles Jack. Please pick Miles Jack. And we pick Artie Burns instead. And Artie Burns has done nothing in the NFL. But Miles Jack is a stealer now. So I, I kind of forget. <clears throat> yeah. And you pair him with Bush and then you got Flores as your linebackers coach. Dude. I like that a lot. I think you. I think that linebacker core, because that linebacker core is really what's been primarily holding the defense back. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I mean, that was the run defense problem last year. Was Scobert's like a pass protect or pass coverage guy, and Bush has no brain, so like we couldn't defend the run at all. That's and you know, hopefully, I think with Flores, we can fix some of that. Yeah, maybe he can install a brain into some yeah. of the linebackers. Again, Part of his contract, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I'll give, I'll go ahead and give this a, um, I love that addition of Miles Jack for sure, and like you said, can't really do anything about Trubisky. I'll go ahead and give it a B minus. I'll go ahead and give it a, including the Flores signing, which was, which is huge. I feel like that's going to be huge, um, especially at such a dire need for you guys. Um, yeah, but losing Juju, Ray Ray McLeod, James Washington. I mean, you guys have had the deepest wide receiver core in the NFL for a little bit, so arguably. But yeah, letting those. I think James Washington is actually going to do something than something pretty cool in Dallas this year. He's yeah, he's he's pretty good. We just for whatever reason couldn't find him involved. I mean, Matt Canada loved. Ray Ray McLeod, that's why we manufactured him so many touches down the stretch for God knows why. Washington, like, requested a trade in, like, week four, and we just didn't honor it, and he didn't really want to be there anymore. I mean, he was fine when Big Ben could actually push the ball down the field and throw it 30-plus yards because even though he's, a, like, a shorter guy, he has really good body control in the air to go up and get those balls. But, you know, once that arm started deteriorating – James Washington kind of lost a role in this offense, so hopefully he can go out and do something in Dallas. Yeah, for sure. All right, so B minus, and what was your final grade? I think I'm probably going to stick with a B, just because I like I like like the little offensive lineman stuff. I hate a core four, but you know what are what are you going to do? Okay, I can't control it. It's it's out of my hands. I like it's how calm hands. you were about that smile. whole thing, it's fine. especially to Drabisky, like. You know, we can't do anything about it. Like, we were playing the cards that we were dealt. I, I appreciate that yep. mentality, man. That's good shit. Keep carrying that, you know. When 
when it's week control. four and he's got six picks and, and yep, zero touchdowns. It's, it's just, out of my control. <laughs> it is out of my control. Playing the cards that we were dealt. <laughs> but, yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next division that we have to discuss, and that is the AFC East. And we start with the Buffalo Bills. So, they had a decently busy offseason, especially with one move here, and that leads us off. And that is bringing Von Miller in on a, get this, six-year, $120 million contract. Um, uh, tease me, Jaden, um... Fancy me. How how old is Von Miller right now? I feel like he's at least 32, if not older. Yeah, thir- yeah he's got to be at least 32. A 38-year-old edge rusher. I could see Von retiring well, okay, so before let's, this contract. Let's see ends. when the out is, or if there is an out in that contract. Because you've got to imagine that there is for a... For, he'll, he's... They have him listed as 32.9, which basically means he'll be 33 within, like, the next month or so. Um, yeah, they have an out in 2025 when he's 35, but most it's an extremely backloaded contract, so I highly doubt that he ends up playing that. Like, he's base salary-wise, he's getting $1 million next year, $1.3 the next year, and then 17 in 2024, but base salary jumps from 17 in 2025, 19 in 2026, and almost $30 million in 2027. So, Jeez. no way in his out of that contract, regardless yeah. of his age. Yeah, no, he'll retire before the contract ends. I mean, it almost feels like they gave him the six years just because they wanted him to feel secure, and they definitely wanted him it's in It's contract Buffalo. speak. It's all, it's all, like, contract speak that we don't understand. Yeah. They just wanted him to feel like welcome to buffalo like hey we're giving you a big offer we know you're probably not going to play it out but money talks man money talks all right so they brought in von miller on that fat deal um and they brought in former washington commander tim settle on a two-year nine million dollar deal defensive tackle who didn't really have an opportunity to play for us a whole ton because he's good yeah too. he's good it's really good. for sure and he had to step up a lot when we had um various injuries on the defensive line, and he stepped in nice. Stepped in very well for guys like Jonathan Allen and Darion Payne. So I like that signing a lot for them. Um, they also bring in guard Roger Saffold uh, on a one-year $6 million deal from Tennessee. That's also a nice move right there. Um, and O.J. Howard, uh, I'm a huge fan of O.J. Howard. Uh, I remember back when we first started this podcast, I thought O.J. Howard had played all season. And he had been injured since like week six, yeah. So, but that was that was last year, man. I'm I'm used that's, to this shit. Memory. Now. You don't make yeah. mistakes anymore. Nah, fuck no, man. You kidding? Um, but yeah, they brought in OJ Howard on a one year, three and a half million dollar deal, and they brought in wide receiver Jameson Crowder, also used to play for Washington, and has had most of the majority of his prime in Washington. Um, but still a lot of football left to play for Jameson Crowder, and he's on a one-year deal headed to Buffalo. And as far as departures go, uh, you got Cole Beasley. He hasn't signed yet, so he may return. Um, Tackle Darrell Williams. Um, They lost cornerback Levi Wallace to you guys. And defensive tackle Harrison Phillips on a three-year, $19 million deal to Minnesota. So 
what are your thoughts, man? What, uh, what are you giving as a grade? Uh, I like it. I, I like the thought of going all in here. I know Von Miller had a lot of different suitors. L.A. wanted him back. Dallas wanted him really bad. Um, even Denver wanted him back to come back to Denver with uh, Russell Wilson. But you go out and get a guy like that, still, you know, top six or seven edge rusher in the league, even at this stage in his career. And you don't, you, I mean, like you don't have to trade anything. It just feels weird that like a team that's got like that much money tied up into a Josh Allen and a Stefan Diggs, a Tredavious White, like this much talent that they have that much money to go out and sign a Von Miller. And that's one of the things that they've not really had a dominant player at that position for a little bit is edge. They've drafted a ton of it. I believe they've taken an edge player in the first three rounds, each of the last like five seasons. Um, and Gregory Rousseau was probably the best one. And he's he's coming off of his rookie season. So who's to say what the rest of his career is going to look like? But I think that's a home run signing. I like Tim Settle a lot to help solidify the middle of that defense. Saffold, you cut Darrell Williams, kind of questionable. But uh, you bring in Saffold as a guard. He's probably going to play that left guard spot. And then Feliciano, they also released. Um, so... Maybe maybe they might be looking at an interior offensive lineman in the draft. We actually had them taking Zion Johnson, guard out of Boston College. Um, O.J. Howard, I guess they're thinking about running 12 personnel with O.J. Howard and Dawson Knox. I don't like, okay. And then Jamison Crowder is probably just going to fill that role of slot receiver that they lost with Cole Beasley. Manuel Sanders also out there, but I think Gabe Davis is going to step up into that role after what we saw from him in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Um, I Oh, and a yeah. grade. Um A minus. A minus. I don't I don't have a real reason of why it's not like an A plus, but sounds, it just yeah. wasn't it just wasn't so, good enough. A-. Yeah, it sounds about right. Um yeah, I'll go ahead and slap uh I'll do I'll do an A, man. I really think they had a, a solid off season. Um OJ Howard, I guess they are thinking about running that twelve man personnel, but obviously that's been successful in the league, and you pair Dawson Knox and Dawson Knox and OJ Howard together. I mean, that's a pretty fearsome tight end duo you got right there. And Jamison Crowder, like I said, a lot of football left to play. And Tim Settle, we've talked about, but Von Miller is probably the best defensive player in the trenches that Buffalo has had since what? Kyle Williams? Probably. At least that I can remember. Yeah, and like you said, they've been drafting Edge forever. So they just said, fuck it. Might as well sign a guy named Von Miller to a six-year, $120 million deal. And you kind of thought for a little bit, like, oh, Von's fell off, especially when he went to L.A. But in the playoffs, I mean, he was back to being Von Miller. So, yeah, I'll go ahead and slap an A on this offseason. All right. So let's move on to the next team in the division. And they've had quite the busy offseason for themselves so far. And we start out by saying the team's name first, and that is the Miami Dolphins. And they brought in Mr. Tyreek Hill in a trade to Miami. And you guys talked about it. Yeah, I know. You guys talked about it in the last pod, but... It was crazy how it worked out. I mean, he it came out early in the morning that he was not happy about not getting an extension in Kansas City, and 
they gave him permission to seek a trade. And a couple hours later, he's a Miami Dolphin. And it came down to the Jets and Dolphins, but ends up going to Miami. So that would have been weird. Jets? Could have never imagined. Dude, I, I honestly like the Jets better spot uh, than Miami. I think they might have. I don't know. Like, obviously, the first round pick and the second round pick sounds better than the two second round picks. But I might rather have, I think it's, I think the Jets have 35 and 38 than having 29 and 50. Like, I think I might lean towards 35 and 38. Um, but the thing is, Ty, Tyree Kill didn't want to go to New York. He wanted to go to Miami. Pretty sure he's from Miami. Um, he's so got that, a house obviously, there. a big fact. Yeah, obviously a big factor. Um, I mean, the Chiefs accepted both offers, so it's not like it's anything of the Chiefs doing. It's just Tyreek wanted to play in Miami. Right. But, yeah, definitely a league-shifting move. Um, one of the best wide receivers in the league ends up in Miami. Um, the trade deal that was that, uh, 2021, 29th overall pick. Um, I don't know. Okay, this is real quick. Everything in the notes, um, the trades – or the picks that I wrote, I wrote 2021. Like I'm like a year back on everything. So just like, this is a 2022 number 29. Just yeah. Okay. Not smart Sweet. by me. This year's 29th pick, uh, this year's 50th pick, um, this year's fourth round pick next year's fourth round pick and next year's sixth round pick. So quite the haul for Tyree kill, but it didn't stop there. For the Dolphins, they brought in Teron Armstead, not Armstrong, on a five-year, $75 million deal to protect their man Tua back there. And they bring in Cedric Wilson on a three-year, $22 million deal. Had a lot of flashes in Dallas last year. Um, Stepped up in big moments. Um, And then they also signed Chase Edmonds on a two-year, $12 million deal. Uh, never really got his opportunity to shine in Arizona with James Conner busting out this year. Um, they also brought in Raheem Mostert, one-year, $2 million deal. I mean, dude, these guys are fast. Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Tyreek Hill, Param Jalen Waddle. I mean, this is like Formula One we got here. And then you bring in Teddy Two Gloves as possibly the starter at some point on one year six and a half million dollar deal and supposedly will fuller is not coming back and yeah he's not coming back certainly feels that way right now yeah for sure but damn this offseason for miami dude i gotta give it an a plus i mean are you thinking any different what do you what do you got yeah, I was I was actually thinking the same way. I think this might be the only A plus offseason that I have right now, or that we will have at least in this AFC. Um and not simply because of the players that are coming in. Obviously, if you notice, I only did notable ones in our little document here, but it's all offense. It's two wide receivers, two running backs, a superstar tackle and a quarterback. Like and their defense has you're, you're been betting. locked down. Yeah, and their defense is already, yeah, it's already one of the better ones, better units in the NFL. You've obviously got a lot of big names of Xavier Howard, Byron Jones. You have Jalen Phillips, the first-round pick last year. You bring back Emmanuel Ogba. That was one of the moves that was made very early in free agency that kind of just got swept under the rug here. Um, I love it. I think that not only are you happy that you're bringing in a Tyree Kill and a Toronto Armstead for the sake of bringing in a Tyree Kill and a Toronto Armstead, but you will know this time next year 100% 
is Tua your franchise guy? And I talked about this with Cleveland before they go out and get Watson. And I'll talk about it with a lot of these guys that are like on the fringe of like, is this guy going to be a starter? Is he going to be, you know, good enough or not? You give him no excuses now. Tua has absolutely no excuses unless some terrible injury comes on him, comes on Tyree Kill, Waddle, or they get some kind of Baltimore Ravens flurry of injuries happen. Um, you will know this time next year if Tua is your quarterback, and you still have two first-round picks next year. You'll have your own and San Francisco's from the Trey Lance trade-up to go make a play for whichever superstar quarterback becomes available. I mean, a package of Tua, two firsts, and you know other first picks, whatever, in the future that you want to send. If Tua is not the guy, and if he is the guy, then great. And you you just keep building the team from there. But Miami, I'm not saying that they're going to win the division, but they're going to be a they're going to be a very very competitive team moving forward. And Miami's going to feel kind of the same way that the Chargers and the Rams have felt over the last couple of years, where it's a destination, like it's a legit destination where the team talent obviously matters a bit, but it does help that you are in you know, you're on the beach in Miami versus uh, the Green Bay Packers or something like that. I mean, we saw it in this offseason with the Chargers. Obviously, they have a superstar in Justin Herbert at quarterback. Saw it a couple of years ago saw with players. Tampa Bay. Yeah. Yeah. You saw guys flocking there. And I feel like we're going to see the same thing with Miami over the next couple off seasons of especially if Tua does take that next step and become that guy in Miami. We're going to see a lot of players there. Also, this might be the fastest uh, set of skill position players I've ever seen. Yeah. Jalen Watto and Tyreek Hill are two of the like seven fastest receivers in the NFL. Mike Jacecki is a borderline wide receiver. Raheem Mostert, probably one of the three or four fastest uh, running backs before the ACL injury. And I mean, he is getting kind of older for a running back now. So who knows what he's going to come back like. But Mike McDaniel has a lot of shiny. And Chase toys Edmonds. To I mean, he's fast yeah. as hell, too. Um, I think obviously if Tua doesn't work out this year, they're going to have to, they're going to have to move on next year with this roster. But I will say considering Mike McDaniel's offense, I don't think Tua is going to be depended on as heavily as everyone thinks. Like this, this offense isn't going to run based on Tua Tunga Bailoa, in my opinion. I feel like it's going to be. A lot of the similar stuff that we saw in San Francisco with Jimmy G this year. Um, you got guys swinging behind, you know, screen passes, that sort of thing. Not throwing a pass farther than 10 yards downfield and just getting guys into open space for yards after the catch. And that's what you've set up this offense to do. I mean, these guys are some of the best yards after the catch guys in the league, you know. So... I think it's going to be a creative offense, um, a lot similar to what we saw in San Francisco. And I don't think Tua will win or lose games for Miami. I think it's going to, obviously, he's the quarterback. He has a lot to do with it, but it'll be a Jimmy G similar situation, you know? Jimmy G wasn't. Yeah. And I was talking to. Go ahead. I was talking to Mitchell um, about it, and I this team is being built eerily different or eerily the same as the 49ers team is built. I mean, you have a quarterback who's not the superstar, but he might be able to get the job done, surround him with playmakers, a solid running back. Obviously, literally Raheem Mostert is coming from San Francisco to Miami. Uh, you have 
a little George Kittle in Mike Jacecki and two super fast, super dynamic wide receivers. Um, Tyreek Hill could become your Debo Samuel, and apparently that's how Mike Daniel wants to use him. And then Jalen Waddle is your Brandon Ayuk, but obviously much better. And a superstar starting left tackle in Teron Armstead. I, I mean, after just one season, he is building a San Francisco-like team. Obviously, on the defensive side, the um, the focus is flipped more towards the secondary in Miami, whereas in San Francisco, it's flipped more towards the pass rush. But it's kind of weird how similar these teams are being I know, built. Exactly, and obviously worked in San Francisco. You know, so yeah, means good things for Miami and Mike McDaniel, the coolest head coach by far in the history since I've started watching the NFL. So, yeah, just a just a football guy, you know. But, all right, let's move on to the next team we got in this division, and that is the New England Patriots. And on their addition side, uh, they brought in Trent Brown, um, two years, $13 million, or re-signed him. Um, but they also brought in Jabril Peppers, and that was just today. So, yep, safety Jabril Peppers uh, played for the Giants. Um, big prospect coming out of college. Uh, there was question marks, but definitely a highly touted prospect and a talented player. Um, but on their losses side, they lost cornerback J.C. Jackson. He a Terp. Uh, he ends up going to the Chargers, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, Ted, Ted Karras. Why, why am I? Why am I? Yeah, Karras. Yeah, all right, but um, but yeah, they lost Ted Karras, we mentioned earlier, and Dante Hightower doesn't have a deal yet, but it's assumed that he's going to be headed out of town as well. Um, this offseason, I don't feel like the loss of J.C. Jackson is as huge as everybody's going to think it is, you know? Like, they knew they were not going to give that kind of money to J.C. Jackson. And I heard a good point today, actually. Like, you know, the reason why J.C. Jackson has so many interceptions is because they're still throwing his way. Like, those receivers are still open. Like, lockdown guys like Gilly in his prime, Revis in his prime, like um, Jalen Ramsey today, like, they don't throw in that direction because it is those guys, you know? So, obviously, and... We've talked about it. Like it seems like every year, we have a different cornerback leading the league in interceptions. So I don't think the loss is going to be as huge as everybody thinks it is. But they didn't really do much. So I'll drop. I'll drop a C, man. Just an average. What you got? Yeah, probably going to be closer to a. I mean, yeah, I was going to make this like worse. I was probably going to give this like a D. Um, but the Trent Brown two years, $13 million for a tackle of that magnitude. This is the same um, thought process of Lyle Collins, where you can get a starting tackle for that cheap. That is very, very good. Trent Brown is an above average starting tackle, but they made all their moves last offseason, and now they're just kind of sitting here after, you know, being the sixth seed, losing in the wild card round, and now you don't really have many assets to go out and improve this team further after you kind of overpaid for a lot of guys last year so i think this is more of a bad grade on what they did last year than what they did this year probably going to be a c minus for me yeah for sure i mean they went out and spent last offseason 
that means I can't spend this off season, you know? So, but yeah, we are in alignment on our grades, uh, pretty much. All right, let's move on to the last team in this division. And we've got the New York Jets. So, on the addition side, they bring in Lincoln Tomlinson's, uh, Tomlinson um, on a three-year, $40 million deal from San Francisco. Uh, they bring in DJ Reed, the cornerback safety hybrid, on a three-year, $33 million deal. Um, they bring in tight end CJ Uzoma, who we were talking about earlier, uh, three years, 24 mil. Um, they also bring in Tyler Conklin from Minnesota on a three-year, $20 million deal. And they bring in Jordan Whitehead from Tampa Bay, who really solid safety, two, uh, two years, $24 million. And on the outside, they've got Foley Fatuku. Nope, I'm going to let you say that one, man. Fadukasi. Fadukasi. Nice. But um, I figured I'd make it Foley instead of Folorensu because uh, you would have just quit. Yeah. Well, I did quit. <laughs> but um, but yeah, Foley headed out of town on a three-year, thirty million dollar deal to Jacksonville. Um, Marcus May, their safety, three years, twenty-two and a half mil to New Orleans, and you got Morgan Moses headed out of town to Baltimore. So, what are you thinking, man? As far as a uh, grade. Uh, I don't know. It just feels like this feels like a Jets offseason. This feels like a Knicks offseason, quite honestly, <laughs> um, where it was a little bit of an overpay for like some guys. And like, yeah, you could make the argument that they're worth it, but you could also make the argument that they're not. Um, I like the Lake and Tomlinson move. Like, I like the move to go out and get, you know, veteran offensive linemen. I don't like paying them $13 million a year. Um when you could probably just draft a guy and just hope that he becomes as good as Lake and Tomlinson and you'll have him for much cheaper while you're in this championship window with Zach Wilson. I feel like there were much cheaper options than Lake and Tomlinson. Um, the double tight end thing, this feels like New England last year. Was, I was like, why, what are you doing? Like, why, why would you do that? Um, I know that they've kind of had trouble filling the tight end position over a the last couple of years. But, and what I, New England I, did last year. Yeah. Yeah, um, but like, and I guess taking two shots at it isn't the worst idea, but I, I don't know. I feel like I would have signed one and drafted one. Um, Fadukasi's a big loss, though. Probably one of the better run-stopping defensive tackles, one of the more underrated uh, defensive tackles in the NFL. One of the only good Jag signings, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but that's a big loss, I think, for them. So probably going to lean like a C-plus here. Um but they have a lot of draft capital and a lot of opportunities in the draft to fix that grade for like a total offseason grade. Um, but as of right now, it's going to sit at probably a C plus. Got you. Uh, I'll go ahead and run off that. I'll give them a C plus. Uh, Jordan Whitehead, um, solid signing. That Tampa Bay secondary has been good for a while, and he's been somewhat of a contributor of that. And they gave him $12 million to prove it. So money talks. And... C.J. Uzoma, big fan. Um, whether or not he gets along with Zach Wilson is yet to be determined. But, um, yeah, I'll go ahead and rock with a C+. Yeah, just, no, for sure. Definitely feels like a Knicks offseason or a Jets offseason for sure. So, a New, a New York professional sports offseason. Yeah. Fitting. Offseason. All right. 
Let's move on to our next division, and that is the AFC South. And we lead it off with the division winners last year, and that is the Tennessee Titans. And didn't do much on the addition side. Uh, They ended up with Austin Hooper, one-year, $6 million deal. And they also traded for wide receiver Robert Woods, Bobby Trees from L.A. So he's headed to Tennessee. And on the departure side, you had Roger Saffold out of town, we mentioned earlier. Um, Jayon Brown, their linebacker, one-year, $1 million deal with Las Vegas. And Julio Jones headed out of town, and he's not going to return given the addition of Bobby Trees. So as far as a grade, I'll go ahead. I think Austin Hooper is very underrated. Um, He just... I don't think anybody could succeed in the passing in the receiving game in Cleveland uh, while Stefanski is the head coach there and especially with Baker as the quarterback these past few years. So I think it was hard for Austin Hooper to break through because before he went to Cleveland, he was phenomenal in Atlanta, at least that last season. Um, But yeah, good signing there. And then Robert Woods, they got him for like a bag of chips. So might as well. Um, a lot cheaper than a Julio Jones would be, most likely. Um, not like you're trading for Julio Jones anyway, but um, just a cheaper, uh, what, I think it was like a six-round pick for Robert Woods, but he's also definitely underrated. I mean, he's he should have been the primary receiver last year, but somebody named Cooper Cup exists. So, but yeah, I like it. I'll go ahead and give it a, um, a B. What you think? Yeah, I I don't know how I completely forgot the Robert Woods trade, but um, it's probably leaning towards like a C plus for me because like Robert Woods is a cool addition, like Austin Hooper I think is fine, um, and you didn't lose a whole lot. It just felt like you need to improve this team. Obviously, you saw what happened. You go one and done. Um, I know that like you were kind of in the process of getting healthy when that was happening, but I mean, now there's conversations around A.J. Brown maybe being on the market. I don't really know how true that is. That might just simply be because of the Jets wanting him, like all the other teams in the NFL would like to have A.J. Brown. Um, it just it just feels like they could have and probably should have done more to improve this team after what you've seen the last few years where it's just been, you know, we're going to go to the playoffs, we're going to win a game, maybe we won't, and that's the end of our season. And they, you know... I, I don't know. I just I can't feel too happy with it. And that's why, like, I've I've talked about having them take a quarterback, even in this class where it's not that great of a selection. It just feels like you need more upside from the quarterback position. I mean, Ryan Tannehill is going to be 34 at the start of this season. It I feel like it's time. Like, you only, you only have so many more years of Derrick Henry left. Mm-hmm. Like, you you can't keep running out this team and just, you know, running into a team in the playoffs and ending your season every single year. I was thinking the same thing. It's almost the addition of Bobby Trees, Robert Woods, um, and Austin Hooper is almost like to void. Like it's almost doesn't matter because Ryan Tano is your quarterback and you also run the offense through Derrick Henry, which rightfully so. But we saw the impact that Julio had in Tennessee last year, which was outside of like what, like two – 100-yard-plus games. Um, 
he was a non-factor. So yeah. and part of that can be attributed to injury, and I don't think you'll see that as much with Robert Woods, but just mm. like it, like I said, it just it just felt like there needed to be more done in Tennessee. Like oh, they did bring back Harold Landry, mm. five year, eighty seven million dollar deal, um, and that's nice, but it just and I don't know if they have the cap flexibility to do more, but it just felt like that there needed to be more done. And Bud Dupree, that was. Bud Dupree was yeah, last year. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this offseason has been so wild, man. I'm taking taking stuff from this. Understand? Last year. It's understandable. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'll go ahead and slap a B on this. So, all right. Probably gonna stick with a C. Stick with a C. Got you. All right, man. Well, let's move on to the Colts, who had a pretty busy offseason at the quarterback yeah. position. Um, I'll start with the. The new man in town, the new uh, big man on campus, and that is Matty Ice, former Boston College quarterback Matt Ryan, who has an MVP under his belt in 2015, um, and they only had to give up a third-round pick for him. So, yep, they're bringing in their quarterback, and they ended up departing with their quarterback, and that was Mr. Carson Wentz, who is headed to yours truly Washington Commanders, which I'm very happy about. The more the days go on, I get happier and happier about it. But it's not an NFC episode today. Um, they also lost guard Mark Glowinski on a three-year, $18 million deal to the Giants. Um, dude, I'm going to go ahead and give this a C plus Because how much different is Matt Ryan from Carson Wentz? I mean, Carson Wentz still has flashes of MVP potential, you know, like he, I keep bringing it up over and over and over again, but that touchdown pass to win the game against the Cardinals on Christmas day, that's just one example I keep going back to, but like, I mean, just run the highlights back from this past year. I mean, he can still sling the ball and like, there's an argument to be made that his best days might be ahead of him. And Matt Ryan's best days are clearly behind him. Um, is he a better quarterback than Carson Wentz right now? I don't know. It's 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 close. That's why I give it a C plus. Otherwise, I would give it a C. I think Matt Ryan's a little better, but mm, I don't know. What you think? Well, the thing is that the cost of getting Matt Ryan and what they got rid of for Carson Wentz. Obviously they gave up a first and he's the reason why they don't have a first round pick this year. Um, but I think that the fact that they were able to cut their losses and just move on, like a lot of teams, when you trade a first round pick for a guy like a Carson Wentz and he doesn't work out, we'll be like, okay, well let's just hold on to him for another year and maybe he'll work out. And when he doesn't work out, then you're looking at getting like a third, fourth, fifth round pick for him. And you just move on from him for nothing. Versus now you get, you know, you move up in the second round, you get a third round pick, you get a third that could potentially become a second in next year. Yeah, I mean, I like that move a lot. Um, and I think it's it's somewhat of a lateral move, just player to player from Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan right now. But the assets that they got for Carson Wentz are much bigger than what they had to give up for Matt Ryan. I just don't understand how your team that was on the cusp of the playoffs, you know, lost a game that you probably shouldn't have. And you walk into free agency with $70 million, and I don't have the ability to write a signing down. 
<laughs> I didn't write a signing down because there wasn't one. Like there were some teams that like I left stuff. I wrote nothing for the Houston Texans who we'll get to in a second because they just resigned all the terrible players that were on the <laughs> roster last year. I don't, I'm not going to talk about that, but Indianapolis did not sign a single player. Ouch. No, I just, I don't know. I don't know how you could do that. So like while I'm higher on the Matt Ryan to Carson Wentz move than you are, the fact that they didn't do anything else probably brings it back to a C to me. But I just, I don't understand how you can do that. Like you've, you've got all this going for you right now and you do and nothing. wide receiver core is depleted how it is, you know, like T.Y. Hilton is not T.Y. Hilton anymore. Like he's, he's yeah. a shade of his past self. And he's, he's still a free agent. Yeah. True. He might not even be coming True. back. So then you've got Michael Pittman and Zach Pascal is headed out of town. T.Y. Hilton yep. supposedly headed out of town. Harris Campbell and your second round draft pick. I think your second round draft pick has to be a receiver. Kind of best guy there, quite honestly. And then Jack Doyle just retired. So you've got a former VCU yep. basketball player, Mo Ali Cox, who was terrible this past year. So... Dude, I might have to drop it down to a C minus. And I will say, I totally agree with you. That was a great point you made. The ability to just cut your losses and move on and then like just make a lateral move with Matt Ryan is a win. Like you were able to cut your losses, get a lot back for Carson Wentz, and give up very relatively little for a Matt Ryan who's pretty well in line with success right now as far as quarterback goes so i will agree with you there but i'm gonna slap a c minus for the colts all right let's move on to the next team who had a busy off season but not necessarily a good one in my opinion but we'll talk about that in a little bit and that is the jacksonville jaguars so uh their additions it starts off with a whopping four-year, $72 million deal for, guess who? No, it's not DeAndre Hopkins. No, it's not Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. Um, some of the guys you could have expected to get this kind of contract, Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf. Nope, it was not any of those guys. It was Christian Kirk, a wide receiver out of Arizona. And mm, that is something else. And there was a lot of reactions on Twitter from players with just the eyeballs emoji and looking at that contract like damn if I can make that phew but yeah you also bring in Brandon Sheriff uh Pro Bowl guard um I hate to see him go I really do but great player three year 49 million dollars um they also brought in I don't know how to four I don't know how to say the first name but I know it's a Luicon yeah um, Foye Luakon. Yeah, but um, Foye Luakon, linebacker, three-year, $45 million deal. Heads up to Jacksonville. They also bring in cornerback Darius Williams from the Rams, uh, three years, $30 million. Um, Foley, who we mentioned earlier, uh, Mr. Underrated Defensive Tackle, three years, $30 million. And they also bring in Zay Jones on a three-year, $24 million deal. And to round it out, they bring in Evan Ingram on a one-year, $9 million deal. And they depart ways with 
Miles Jack, who we mentioned earlier. Uh, Andrew Norwell, two years, $10 million to Washington. Um, DJ Chark, they end up saying goodbye to one year, $10 million to Detroit. And Brandon Linder, who ended up retiring. But, phew. Mm. This is very similar to the Patriots offseason last year. And what are you thinking, man? What, what kind of grade? Probably looking at a D mm-hmm. right now. Um, I love the Fadukasi signing. Um, I like the take a shot on Evan Ingram deal, one-year deal. I like that. Yeah, I like that. it too. Um, obviously, not much to like about Christian Kirk getting four years, $72 million. They can be worth up to 84 They have an out after two years, but I just – I can't see I, I can't see the play there. Like if you wait two days, Christian Kirk's not even gonna get signed. You could have got him for twelve a year. And like everyone would have been like, that's an overpay. So I I I can't get with the thought process there. Um Aluakon, that's a bit of an overpay. I like him as a player, but I don't like him for fifteen million dollars a year. Darius Williams, another guy I like as a player, don't like him for ten a year. Uh Zay Jones doesn't know. Zay Jones doesn't deserve $8 million over three years, much less $8 million per year for three years. Um, there were so many, there are still so many free agents that are available that are better than Zay Jones. Why didn't the Jags sign? I know that there's a history there, but Allen Robinson got a three year 45. What you could have given that money that you gave to Kirk and Zay Jones to Allen Robinson and got an infinitely better or anybody else. And not only that, but I mean, Brandon Scherf, probably the best player on this list, but the next best player is Miles Jack. And probably after that, the next best player is DJ Chark. And both of those guys on their way out of town, out of Jacksonville. I just can't wrap my head around the process here. Like I thought, obviously, last year, we're going to kind of, we're just going to call it a wash because that's what it was with the Urban Meyer thing. It's a wash. And you think, okay, well, now everything's going to be better. Now they're going to be start moving upwards, start moving in the right direction. And you're not. You're, you're, you're still trending downwards. I mean, hopefully they can get this number one overall pick right. Um, but, like, I, I get that you want to surround Trevor Lawrence with talent, but this is not talent. Agreed. It's sad. It's sad. It's so strikingly similar. Um, not as far as the positions go, but strikingly similar to the money that New England spent last year. Just underwhelming. Underwhelming. Like, Well, that and it, it just feels like they were like, okay, let's go get a guy at every position group. They go out, they get a wide, one, well, two wide receivers. They go get an offensive lineman, a linebacker, a corner, a defensive tackle, a tight end. All they need to fit it to round out the offseason is a safety, a quarterback, which they will not be doing. A running back, which, God, I hope they don't do. And, you know, maybe you could put a tackle in there instead of, like, an offensive lineman. And another edge player. Like, they would have literally gotten one player at every single position this offseason. I just, it it just feels like they don't know what they're doing. Like, I know that seems like the obvious thing to say right now. No, they literally don't. But in a, li- in a very literal sense, I, yeah, I don't think they know what they're doing. No, they've got, they they haven't really, they don't have a GM. It's Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke just working it out. Well, yeah. Well, and the, the thing is, Trent Baalke, literally, like, I, I can't remember if it was, like, a source within Jacksonville or a source outside of Jacksonville or whatever, but 
the only reason he has his job is because he's a nice guy. <laughs> like that's what is coming from the owner, Shad Khan. He seems like he's a know, very nice guy known... to give four years, yeah. 72 million to Christian yeah. Kirk. Yeah. The players love him. <laughs> um, but like Shad Khan, one of the more well-known owners in the NFL just really likes Trent Baalke. And I, I just don't think he has a pulse on what's going on with in, in football. And, He's your general manager of the f- the football team, so you would like for him to have some knowledge about football. And it scared me when they said I don't know. that Doug Peterson was going to be joining in on those decisions. You know, um, Doug Peterson hasn't made the best personnel decisions. I mean, he wasn't very heavily involved in Philadelphia, but I mean, for God's sakes, he probably got he's the one that got Carson Wentz drafted. I mean, <laughs> true true but um but yeah i gotta i gotta rock with you man i'm gonna give it a d plus i'm gonna be generous um brandon sheriff there's a strong argument to be made that he's the best guard in the league overall so give that money to him might as well oh you got you got something to say about that i mean zach martin and quentin nelson are very clearly one and two yeah that's i think sheriff you the the conversation starts at three yeah Okay. For sure. But okay. That, yeah. Still, still 100% very, very good yeah. player. But um, I don't have an issue with that. But And also Evan Ingram, um, that's a solid deal, $9 million. And he never really got a sh- chance to shine in uh, New York. A lot of that because of injury trouble. But we'll see how that works out. Um, But obviously the Christian Kirk signing is a disaster. And Zay Jones is a disaster too. The only reason he got any sort of clout in this league is is because when he did that thing off the the field where he like it, it was like almost like in reverse like he got up with no hands and he do, he's done that mo- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and that's how he got on the scene and then he went to um Las Vegas and they only used him this year out of necessity they tried to use him as a deep threat and phew he couldn't he couldn't catch up to it he legit just couldn't catch up to it um that's not a good wide receiver. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to rock with a D plus. And you got a D, right? D minus. Ooh, D minus. Oof. Not rocking with it. Not rocking with it. All right. So now we head to the Texans, um, the last team in this division. And as you mentioned earlier, they brought in, drum roll please, zero, nobody. Not going to say anything. But they did say goodbye to their safety, Justin Reed, who one of the better safeties in the league, uh, three years, $31 million, and he ends up filling the Tyron Matthew gap in Tennessee. Um, one thing I will mention, uh, the Texans brought in a heavy haul for the Deshaun Watson trade um, as far yeah, as draft picks. I, like it, it, I, I forgot about it simply because he, it felt like he's barely with the team, but <laughs> if I know that Everyone is begging to know who the Houston Texans brought in to fill every single hole that they have on this roster. And the names are AJ Can, Jalen Reeves Maven, Kamu Gruger Hill, Andy Janovich. I'm not going to try and say it. Okoronkwu. Yeah. And then um, Angu- I, I can't say their names. Kyle Allen, MJ Stewart. Royce Freeman, Scott Questenberry, Isaac Yidium, I don't know, Deshaun <laughs> Hamilton, like and Neville Hewitt. 
Um, they have every single one of those deals is a one-year deal except for three. And in average salary per year, there's not a single one higher than $4.2 million. Hmm. So you can see the direction that they're trending in. I'm pretty sure that uh, Tyrod Taylor, who was uh, on the Houston Texans roster last year, obviously, and Justin Reed's contract with their new teams, the Chiefs and the Giants, are more than every single thing that the Texans have done bringing in players combined as of right now. So I that they're another team where I just don't think they get it. Like, I understand that you were, like, kind of <laughs> treading water to wait till you figure out what you were going to get for Deshaun the idea Watson of, and like, get these assets. A professional and football team it. just, like, not knowing what to do. <laughs> but, like... How do you not at least like, okay, here's a young free, like a James Daniels or something like, okay, this is a young free James agent. Washington. This is a guy that we don't have to give up draft. Ray Ray McLeod. Yeah. Or like, or yeah. I mean, you know how many receivers it's Brandon cooks, Nico Collins. And I don't even know, like go out and sign, go take a shot on some playmakers. And I understand that it's going to be really hard to get guys to come play for you right now, because you might be the least talented football team in the last 20 years. But you've got to take a shot you gotta spend some money like i we just ripped the jags for spending money but at least if you're gonna do this short-term bullshit spend money on it like put together a roster Mm -hmm. like again totally understand it's gonna be hard to bring guys to houston right now but money brings people to houston people went to jacksonville lots of money went and got people to jacksonville you can bring people to houston and houston i mean it wasn't too long ago when they had deandre hopkins J.J. Watt, um, Brian Cushing. I mean, that team was – these teams – It was two weeks ago when they had Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. But, yeah, no, it's not like Houston has been in the gutter as long as a team like Jacksonville has, you know, outside of that one AFC championship appearance. But I got to give them credit. They did get a lot back for Deshaun Watson, um, especially considering all the – legal stuff going on obviously he had to be cleared of the criminal stuff but felt like there should have been a little bit of a discount on Deshaun but they definitely didn't trade him for a discount they got full price so I'll go ahead and considering they just lost Justin Reed but like literally who else could they lose (laughs) Davis Mills has to be the best quarterback we've ever seen because the weapons he's playing with, yeah. I can't name them. And and the confidence that they have, like, they are fully ready to walk into next year with him. And honestly, like, I know that they're probably going to be vying for the number one pick along with a couple other teams, Atlanta, uh, Detroit, like, those teams probably. Those are the teams that I'd say stay away from a quarterback this year because you're going to go get one next year or you should at least be in position to go get one. I don't like the thought of Houston even getting a quarterback next year because – this team is so far away and it's because they keep doing this shit where they don't sign anybody that's worth a roster spot next year. So uh, there's no point in going to get a quarterback because you're nowhere near ready. Wait till fucking uh, Caleb Williams comes out. Because <laughs> I mean, there's no point. There's literally no point in bringing a quarterback and you're going to ruin him if you draft the quarterback. If you draft Bryce Young next year, he's going to suck because the team around him sucks. Mm-hmm. 100%. Doesn't look like they're trying too much i mean this is it doesn't full bore rebuild right here so all right let's move on from the uh dreadfulness of that division and 
we've got the finale coming up here, man. Um, we're running about an hour 25, so hopefully we'll be wrapped up uh, by the hour 45 mark. That's usually the limit, but um, yeah, we'll be finished up before then. But we got a lot to cover because we're diving in to the AFC West, possibly the best division in football in the National Football League that we've seen ever. Football, the National Football League. The NFL, soccer, I mean, golf. Yeah. I mean, the best I mean, division. This, I, I, in I talked about it when yeah. um, some of these moves started going, especially it takes a little bit of the heat out if Tyree Kill's not there, but it's still, it like, if when Tyree Kill was still there, I would be very confident in saying this might be the greatest division as far as talent teams in a single division in the history of sports. Yeah. Like, I can't. I can't vouch for anything past like 2000 ish. Not that I've seen that, but like I don't remember that stuff, much less know anything about how good the fourth best team in the AFC North was in 1981. But just like the sheer talent that you have roster up and down for all four of these teams is absolutely ridiculous. Of course, we're going to have to run a gauntlet on the most interesting four teams that we have here. We're going to have to go through it super fast because we spent too much time talking about the Jags. Yeah, it is what it is, you know? We got to take time to shit on the Jags. Like, that's important. Yeah. I mean, that's just... I was I was like... That's just football I culture. was hoping that since the Texans had literally no signings, that they would be like that, but then I got mad, so, you know... Hey, man. Makes for good content. My bad. That's my bad. But, yeah, bro, you're fucking up so much. <laughs> Yeah, I know. All right, let's move on. Let's dive into this um, this hell of a division we got here. And we start with the Kansas City Chiefs. And they bring in on the addition side, um, we mentioned it with the Texans, uh, safety Justin Reed on a three-year, $31 million deal to fill the void that Tyron Matthew is going to leave once he ends up signing his contract elsewhere. Um, they brought in wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantling, former Green Bay Packer on a three-year, $30 million deal. Um, they brought in Juju Smith-Schuster on a one-year, $3 million deal. Dude, the difference in money between Valdez-Scantling and Juju, that is insane. But um, I guess one year proved it, you know. But um, they also brought in Ronald Jones, uh, running back out of Tampa Bay. Um, never really got his chance to, uh, well... Arians kept putting him in the doghouse because he would fumble so often. But um, Fournette definitely took the shine in that backfield. backfield. And um, they bring back Darren Anati on a one-year $3 million deal. And on the departure side, they got rid of Tyree Kill, as we mentioned. Um, brought a hell of a haul back for him. Um, not a hell of a haul, honestly. They didn't get multiple first-rounders, and they got a late first-rounder. So you think that haul could have been bigger? I don't know. It's kind of tough um, just because of all the suddenness of it. I feel like if you waited like a day for teams, like I know that they gave him permission to seek the trade out. And I guess the Dolphins and Jets were the only two teams that called, which I find that hard to believe. Um, I just I feel like you could have got more. But at the same time, I mean, what do you what have even played if they didn't give him the offer, especially 
because the reason why that this happened was because of Devontae Adams. If Devontae Adams didn't get traded and then get paid, Tyree Kill would have probably taken like 24 a year. And the Chiefs would have been like, okay, fine, we'll pay that. Um, but he saw that and he was like, oh, shit. So then he went and renegotiated his contract, and now he's a Miami Dolphin. So, I mean, 29 and 50, can you replace Tyree Kill at 29 and 50? No, but the cap relief that you're going to get, I think, is, I think is also worth that. Um, but this is what happens when you give Mahomes fifty million a year. Like this might be the first of many, quite honestly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we saw this storm coming um early on in the year. I mean, when we were looking at spot track or when we were putting together notes and stuff. So all right. Yeah. More on the departure side. They say goodbye to Chabarius Ward on a three year, forty million dollar deal. Um, definitely stepped up in the second half of the season for that secondary. Uh, they say goodbye to Byron Pringle on a one-year, $4 million deal to Chicago. Um, they say goodbye to Austin Blythe, their guard, one-year, $4 million. And as I mentioned, Tyron Matthew. So what you got, man? What you what you dropping here? I think I'm going B-. minus. Yeah, I was kind of thinking in the same boat just because you lose Tyreek Hill – and Tyron Matthew, in all likelihood, doesn't seem like he's coming back in the same offseason. And the players you bring back are just not of the magnitude of either one of those guys. Like even Tyron Matthew at this stage of his career, um, one of the better box safeties that you're going to be able to find. And what he meant to that defense, what he meant to that team. You know, I don't think you're going to be able to replace that with a Justin Reed. Uh, and you just don't have the assets. I mean, currently they are talking about bringing in a Stephon Gilmore. Uh, and or bringing in James Bradbury via the trade and or looking to go get a superstar wide receiver. And we were talking about it today and just firing off names. And my first thought, my first thought was DK. And then when I sat and thought about it, I'm like, Brandon Cooks makes a lot of sense for this team. I think you can bring him in here. He's not going to cost you very much. Houston probably wants to move off of him because he's old and they're young. And he fits the Kansas um, City wide receiver yeah. frame, you know. Yeah, and I mean, he like the thing that they did when uh, Tyree Kill had the whole like broke his son's arm situation um, was they went out and they got Michael Hardman and they were like, okay, well this is our Tyree Kill replacement until he comes back, and obviously that didn't work because Tyree Kill is one of one. But Brandon Cooks, you don't expect him to be that, and you hopefully don't ask him to do that because he's just not as fast as Tyree Kill. No one is, but you can you can give him the similar role. Um, you'd have MBS, you have Juju. Apparently they like Sky more. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they go wide receiver at one of 29 or 30 and then go back to wide receiver at either 50 or 62, depending on how the board falls. Um, but, but as of right now, I'm probably going to have to give this a C. The only reason why it's like staying away from like a D is because of the cap relief that they get by moving Tyreek Hill. But obviously you're not going to be able to replace the player. Yeah. Um, when you're talking about, uh, you find it hard to believe that those were the only teams that called for Tyreek Hill. Those are the only teams that were willing to give him the highest contract in NFL history for a while. Yeah, year. yeah, that's. I guess that's true. Yeah, but, so but um, besides that, he, just, uh, he deserves it though. Would you say? I mean, he deserves it though. Yeah. Like I know that like it's kind of scary giving him that money, but like man, if you're like, I don't know, if you're a team like the Chiefs, like how do you? How do you not call? Yeah. No. <laughs> call to, please come back, bro. We'll 
<laughs> just take your contract from Miami and play in a Chiefs jersey. I was, I was, and I think that he would have done that if he had the option, but... Very true. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'll go ahead and slap a, uh, a B mine or just a B on this. Um, Justin Reed, I feel like he might even be better than Tyron Matthew was in Kansas City. Um, he's a younger version of Tyron Matthew, uh, obviously not as seasoned, but, um, you get him earlier on, uh, Marquez Valdez Cantling, definitely an overpay, uh, the only reason Green Bay Packers wide receivers look good outside of Devontae Adams is because it is Aaron Rodgers throwing them the ball. Uh, that's just my opinion. Um, he's He fits the bill for a Kansas City wide receiver, though. You know, quick, deep threat, downfield for sure. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, I think that's a bargain right there for sure. I know I spent so much time talking about how little money. I think there's a very good chance if they don't go out and get a guy – like a guy that's significantly better than Juju, I think there's a real chance that he's like a thousand yeah. receiver this year. Like I, I could definitely see that happening, especially in this offense. They've really missed that bigger guy or not missed, but they've just never had that bigger receiver to go alongside their speed element. I mean, you tried it with like Demarcus Robinson and just, just never really worked. But I, I really think that Juju could do something. Yeah, and I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes. He's going to make any receiver look good. So yeah, dude, hot take. I think plus 1,200 yards, uh, double-digit touchdowns, 13, 14. I think it's going to be that kind of season for Juju Smith-Schuster. We've seen it in the past, and he was just at the mercy of Ben Roethlisberger, you know? So, And you also bring in Rojo. Huh? Not a, that, that sounds not good. <laughs> That is not a good sentence to say about that man. Oh, yes. Especially with yeah. all the new oh. stuff about quarterbacks. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, Rojo, that's an underrated sign for sure. Um, I think if he can figure out the tr- the fumbling issues, he'll be fine there. It'll be a nice piece to throw alongside CEH. So, yeah, I'll go ahead and throw a, throw a B. All right. So... Let's move on to Mitchell McDonald's Los Angeles Chargers, who had a decently big offseason themselves, made a couple splashes. So we talked about the Khalil Mack trade a while ago, um, but they brought in Khalil Mack from Chicago um, for a 2022 uh, 48th pick and 2023 six-round pick or a year later. Uh, but... Well, I, f- I fixed it, so ah, now it's right. Yeah. Nice. Okay, sweet. <laughs> yeah. Live document. Nice. Fuck yeah. Live- improvisation in the middle of an episode. Love it. But um, but yeah, they brought in Khalil Mack on the trade for a relatively um low price, but you got to take on that contract. Uh, they bring in J.C. Jackson on a five-year, $82 million deal, uh, as they didn't really have that shutdown corner before, but they're hoping they have it now. And they bring in Sebastian Joseph, a uh, defensive tackle from L.A., on a th- the other L.A., on a three-year, $24 million deal. And they say goodbye to Nuosu, their linebacker, on a two-year, $19 million deal to Seattle. Seattle. Uh, they also say bye to – I saw Beluga, and I wanted to say the G early. I was excited. Um, Belaga. But Brian Belaga – also out of town for the Chargers. He has yet to re-sign, so he may return. Um, also, Chris Harris is in the same boat, currently unsigned. So, 
which you think is great. Um, also forgot to list, or I forgot to list because I made this Mike Williams coming back. Cheat. Um, yeah. Mike Williams, yeah. The my issue with this because we see the level of receiver and. Obviously, a Tyree Kill and a Devontae Adams are getting $28, $29, $30 million a year, but I just feel like that was a slight overpay. The only thing that I do like, or the thing that I do like about it is how they move the money around. He's supposed to get like 28 of that $60 million this season, and then it's split into like 16 for the next two years. So I like that part of it, um, and I like spending while you have the money while you have the quarterback on the rookie deal. I love them doing that. Uh, J.C. Jackson, obviously going to be a big addition. Cleo Mack, obviously going to be a big addition. Um, and I'm very excited for their draft because they got a Cleo Mack without having to give up a first-round pick. So now they can go get a difference maker on offense. I will, I've been slamming the table for Jamison Williams at 17 for the Chargers, and I still feel that way after what they've done here in free agency. I think Sebastian Joseph Day is an underrated signing. Uh, Staley had him in L.A., and he played really well. Gerald Everett also was in L.A., opposite side of the ball, obviously, um, but played well for them. I think he's an athletic, fast, tight end. He's more pretty much your younger Jared Cook um, to bring in there. On our two-year twelve, oh, yeah, I didn't uh, see that. I love this in there, Jared Albert. Love this Chargers, yeah. Love this Chargers offseason. Um, probably going to be an A for me. Also, you you get rid of Brian Bulaga, who just he's good when he's healthy, but he's never healthy. So getting rid of that expectation that he is going to be on your team, it's it's just better for everybody. I just I think that's best to move on from and you know find a tackle later. Fair, definitely past his prime. He um he was really yeah. solid in Green Bay when he had his heydays, but he's definitely past that now. Um, dude, you're gonna be shocked. I'm gonna hit him with a B because I think they overpaid for J.C. Jackson. Um, they wanted a shutdown corner, and is J.C. Jackson that? Uh, like he interpreted everything, and he led the league in interceptions and everything, and. I don't know. Where are you gonna find a shutdown corner though? I don't know if I don't know if they have an outlet to get that at this point in time. I mean, 17's way low for your Sauce Gardeners, your Derek Stingley's. And yeah, he was the best corner available in free agency, the best corner available on the trade market at this point in time. And like, I I, I personally like it. Just yeah, I mean, sixty million dollars a year though. I mean, in five years, he's probably still gonna be playing at a decent level, and that's gonna be a real bargain at that point in time i mean we're when when we're seeing the receivers get 30 million dollars like soon enough the corners the jalen ramsey's i know i don't know what the contract situation is for those guys but i think either next year or the year after we've got to have a perfect storm of all the top corners wanting new money and once they all want new money they're all gonna you know keep going over top of each other and we're gonna the top of the market's gonna be 25 million dollars for corners and jc jackson's gonna look like a bargain yeah so, and especially with the length, I like it. Fair, fair. Um, I also will say, taking on all of Khalil Mack's contract, rough. That is rough. I mean, when's the last time? I think it's been three years since Khalil Mack's had double-digit sacks. Um, he's not the same. I And I get it. Like He was injured last yeah. year. And the thing is, when he played, I think he played... Six games, had seven sacks, six QB hits, and like 20-something tackles. I mean, that's over a 
seven game stretch. I mean, a sack a game. You're like was that from third in the league and sacks. You stretch that out every season. I think so. I mean, I can look it up real quick as you speak. Yeah, go ahead. But um, I will say about uh Gerald Everett, I think he's, I think he's good. Um, from what I saw from him this year, they tried to get him involved in that Seattle offense. Um, especially when Russ was coming back, and it didn't look good. I mean, he fumbled the bag more than a few times, but. I think the potential for him to be a really solid tight end is there for sure. And two years, you know, might as well. He's still a young guy. So, yeah, but I'm going to give it a B. I don't think it's as great as everybody's saying it is, you know. And Cleo Max, I mean, his contract run through, runs through for a while. So that's a lot of money. Yeah, so stats-wise so stats wise for Cleo Mack, Last year he had seven, he had six sacks in seven games, wow. six tackles for lost. Um, but the year before that, played sixteen games, which was the full season then. Weird to think about that now. And he only had nine sacks. His last ten sack season was in twenty eighteen with twelve and a half. I could definitely see your argument. I mean, he did have a seventy three PFF grade last year, which is good. It's not like outstanding, but it's good. He's being paid like um, and still the Mack. best defensive and player in the league. And I think the fact that you are going to put him opposite of Joey Bosa, that is the scary part. Mm. Because, like, yeah, maybe Khalil Mack by himself isn't worth $30 million, but Khalil Mack on the opposite side of Joey Bosa facing, um, you know, your second best tackle, not being double teamed, Khalil Mack is going to be a monster. I totally agree. Yeah, that's a good point. Opposite of Joey Bosa, you take that single attention off of him. Yeah, I agree. Because you're not going to be double teaming on him anymore. Uh, you got to pick and choose. So I'm still going to rock with my B, just a solid B. So I think I'm going to go with an A on this one. I, I like this offseason. Got you. For LA. Sweet. All right, let's move on to our next team that we got. And that is the Las Vegas Raiders. And they bring in, in case you've been living under a rock for a while, uh, they brought in Devontae Adams, uh, the best wide receiver in the league. Um, They gave him the highest paid contract in NFL history for a wide receiver. And it was that until Tyreek Hill got paid. But yeah, they brought in Devontae Adams for for the 22nd pick this year and the 53rd pick this year. Um, They also brought in Chandler Jones three years 51 million and they brought in Jay and Brown from Tennessee on a one-year deal and their departure is very underwhelming say goodbye to Marcus Mariota say goodbye to Zay Jones say goodbye to Casey Award, uh who's on a two-year 11 million dollar deal to Atlanta um but I'll go ahead this I mean bringing the best wide receiver in the league and arguably one of the better top 10 edge rushers in the league. I mean, Chandler Jones still got it too, man. Like, you thought, you want to say like, oh, he's getting old, like three years, 31 million, that's a lot. Like, look at what they gave to Von Miller. And I felt like Chandler Jones was more effective this year. So, yeah, I like it a lot. I'm going to go ahead and drop an A on the Las Vegas Raiders uh, offseason because, gosh, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, with Derek Carr, I think Derek Carr is going to be top five quarterback this year. It's not even going to be close. What do you think? 
I don't know about that last mm. part. Um, uh, Hot take-ish. I can't see him jumping. I can't see him jumping anybody, even in the top eight. Um, maybe statistically, maybe like passing yards yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm, yeah. For sure, could definitely make that jump. Um, I was a big believer in them saying, you know what, this current roster is not it. And we should blow it up. We should go get draft picks. Maybe we go get Bryce Young next year. And now we can compete in a division with Justin Herbert, with Patrick Mahomes, with now Russell Wilson. And instead, they go the opposite way. And the problem is they're still probably the fourth best team in this division. Um, maybe the third. I think I think like your ceiling is the third, um, even with the Chiefs without Tyreek Hill. Um I just I can't see this team being that much better than they were last wow. year. Uh even with two I mean, but you gotta admit, like they that was a severe overachieving team last yeah, year. Yeah, for sure. But so a lot like, of that was on the backs uh, or the back of Derek Carr, who was working with Hunter Renfro and Zay Jones, and he got them to the playoffs. Imagine what he's gonna do with Devontae Adams. I mean uh, for for sure, statistically they'll probably do really well. Statistically, regular season will probably be great. I just I'm not talking stats. I can't I can't I can't see things like I can't I can't see this team winning a playoff game. Wow! Like it was great as they are because the fact of the matter is the Chargers are still better than you. Denver's probably still better than you. Kansas City probably still better than you at this point in time, and. That means you're going to be fighting. You're 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 almost surely going to be a wild card. I don't think there's any chance this team wins the division. And that means you're going to be facing one of whoever wins the division, whether it be the Chiefs or Chargers or Broncos or the Bills or the Browns or the Ravens or whoever wins that division. You know, maybe you luck out and you get Tennessee or uh, Indy, whoever wins the South. But if you don't, you're probably a first round exit. You're probably going to give Derek Carr a huge extension now that you just gave Devontae Adams a huge extension at the age of 29. I think it's interesting. And, and this roster still has severe... You, who's, who's, their, who's their CB1? Yeah, I know. No. Casey Hayward's a Falcon. But who's their CB1? On the defensive side, you put Chandler Jones in the same breath that you said uh, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. You've got Max Crosby and Chandler Jones coming at you on the edge. So that's going to be scary. There's secondary, definitely a question there. But you act like this Raiders team was so much worse than the Chargers before they made additions to the roster. Um, They beat them out for a playoff roster. spot in a must-win game to make the playoffs. Roster-wise, it is worse. Wide receiver, they had Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Before, this is before you had Devontae. No, I'm saying the Raiders didn't like go backwards in this oh. offseason. No, but I think they should have. I know, like, that sounds dumb, but I think they should have traded Derek Carr, and I stand by that. Like, you're never – I don't think Derek Carr can win you a Super Bowl. I just don't, and that's the ultimate goal. I Like, I understand you want to be competitive because outside of the, this past season, the Raiders haven't been competitive in a long time. And I understand that one, and you're close, so to make a move to go get Devontae Adams and to make a move to go get Chandler Jones to maybe push you over that edge to become a, like – perennial playoff team for the next two to three years that's great but you're you, that's all you're that's all you're gonna be because now not only do you have a roster that's got a lot of holes on it your top players 
are not young. All of your top players are making top positional money. Like Devontae Adams, second highest paid receiver. Chandler Jones making $17 million a year. Max Crosby just got a huge extension. While it was team friendly, he's still going to get like six, $16 or $17 million a year. Um, Derek Carr is probably about to get a $40 million extension. I don't think Derek Carr is worth $40 million a year. Mm-hmm. I disagree. And, I think with the right personnel. And now you don't have any draft picks. He is a Super Bowl quarterback. You don't have any real draft picks this year. I think with the right personnel, he is a Super Bowl quarterback. That's the problem. They don't have the right personnel. They have the best wide receiver in the NFL, possibly ever. Ever. Devontae Adams. The best wide receiver When it's ever? all said and done, Devontae Adams. Bro, come on. Come on now. When it's all said and done, Devontae Adams. When he's had a couple years with his college QB, top ten. He's not top ten ever. <sighs> That's absurd. Okay, Jerry Rice, Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Antonio Brown, like very easily better. Um, Chris, he might not even be the best receiver in the league right now. <sighs> Come on, I'm taking Tyree. What Tyreek does is so much more important than what Devontae <sighs> Adams does. It's so much more important. You could not play man coverage on the Kansas City Chiefs because they had Tyreek Hill. You couldn't do yeah, it. because you could of not his, do like, it. natural physical ability. Devontae Adams has... He's a football player. He's a... That's what he has. Natural ability. He took the top off of defenses because of his speed, and his speed is, like, uncomparable. I mean, he's the fastest... Ar- exactly. Arguably the fastest player we've ever seen, but wide receiver who plays the wide receiver position and does wide receiver things very well, like route running and 50-50 balls. And, you know. Your Calvin Johnson's, your Randy Moss's. When it's Jerry all Rice, said and done, you know, man. Pretty solid. He's not retiring today. Devontae when he has a couple of like a top... solid years with his college QB. Jerry, Jerry Rice was the best wide receiver in the league from like for like a solid eight to ten years. Randy Moss was the best wide receiver in the league for at least five or six years. Calvin Johnson was the best wide receiver in the league for at least five or six years. Devontae Adams has been the best wide receiver in the league for maybe two years. He was not the best wide receiver in the league before last last He just season. signed he was a very like large deal one. to keep playing football. I know. He's going to keep playing. Yeah. That's what, that's what top players do, but he's 29. And I th- I do think his game will age well, but... Like he, he, Randy Moss walked in as like a rookie and was like one of the best wide receivers in the league. Devontae Adams took like three or four years to get to the level of being a superstar and then took another couple years to get to the level of being the best wide receiver in the NFL. If he even is a tantalizing wide receiver prospect, uh, Devontae Adams came from, and that's why he's better than Devontae Adams all the time. That's why you can't keep saying, like, oh, well, he's got this great physical ability. That's what he is an athlete. That's what you're supposed Tyree to Tyree Hill, is he the fastest dude in the NFL? Probably. Is he the best wide receiver? No. No. Sorry. Uh, Maybe not when you think about it in the traditional sense, but what he does is more valuable. That's why he fetched more money from the Miami Dolphins, or fetched more draft picks from the Miami Dolphins than what the Raiders had to give up for Devontae Adams. Okay. All right. A debate over <laughs> a quick five minute debate about uh the best tight end ever. Can't believe and, you said that. And we're sitting in an hour fifty two. What? 
hour 52. Woo. So, and we still haven't done the Broncos. Yeah, we'll uh we'll wrap up before the 2 hour mark. Um but let's dive in. This this is going to be in speak. This is going to be in this is going to be in yeah, Rex. Cuz sure. we had uh we already covered the Russell Wilson trade uh on NFL March Madness edition uh podcast. But um all right. So, Denver Broncos, the last team in this star-studded division. Um on the addition side, they bring in Russell Wilson, let Russ cook, and they brought in a or the Broncos gave up a hell of a haul for it. Um, the ninth overall pick, forty second or forty first overall pick, next year's first round pick, next year's second round pick, this year's fifth round pick, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and Shelby Harris. Uh, obviously, Drew Locke and or Drew Locke's not very noticeable here, but Noah Fant still one of the better tight ends in the league. And Shelby Harris, definitely underrated for sure. Um, they also, but they say goodbye to those guys. And they get in return their franchise quarterback. Um, they also brought in Randy Gregory from Dallas, who was suspected to be going to Dallas, but hit a U-turn last minute, five years, $70 million. Um, They brought in K.J. Jones, three years, $30 million defensive tackle from San Francisco. And Kawan Williams, cornerback from San Francisco, Two years and five million, and some additional losses that they had outside of who they traded for Russ, uh, Melvin Gordon, Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan, and Kareem Jackson. So, what you giving it? I don't know. I mean, obviously you get Russ, and that's great. And I think that they got him for kind of cheap. Um, like it's nice that you had the ninth pick this year, whereas a lot of these other teams that were looking for quarterbacks didn't have that high of a pick. Um, probably going to give this a B just because like, I know that like we gave Denver or we thought of Denver as like the perfect quarterback destination for the last two years. Like when Rogers was available, um, obviously Russ was available or whoever, like we were like, Oh, Denver's the spot to go. Watson, when Watson was available and like, you look around at their offense and hey. Javante Williams is cool. I think Javante Williams is going to be one of the best running backs in the league very soon. Um, but Cortland Sutton had a very down year. Tim Patrick is not a world beater, and Jerry Judy's great. Cortland Sutton but, had a down year because Teddy Bridgewater was his quarterback. Yeah, but Cortland Sutton was very was like a pro bowler. I mean, I feel like we've had an argument about Cortland Sutton in the past with, I mean, what was it? Paxton Lynch? Who the fuck was his quarterback? Was I'm, I'm probably going a little... Yeah, I was about to say, I feel like I'm going a little bit too far back there. But, like, I don't know. This doesn't feel great. And I know the defense is good, but the defense doesn't have Von Miller on it anymore. And Bradley Chubb can't stay on the football field. Sertain's really good. I love Sertain. But Bryce Callahan's a free agent. Kyle Fuller's a free agent. Justin Simmons, you've got him back. They're losing the middle of the field. Uh, at linebacker, A.J. Johnson's gone. They bring back Josie Jewell, but he's... A.J. Johnson was their better linebacker, and they sent Shelby Harris out. Offensive line is average. Mm. It's above average. It's above average. It's above average. Yeah. And then no offense, you sent him out too. So, like, off- especially offensively, how much better of a situation is this in Seattle for Russell Wilson? A lot better defense. I feel I like mean, we talked about this. Close. Like, yeah. Um, but, I mean, you counteract that with 
you go from a very, very, very good division to arguably the best division that we've ever seen. He's got seen. a better offensive line. I I will agree. Obviously, it's a harder division. I mean, you can't argue against that. But um, he's got a better offensive line, significantly better offensive line. And, I mean, the wide receiver weapons are – they're so young. Cortland Sutton is the veteran there. Um, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, who was phenomenal at times this past year. Um, obviously, you say goodbye to Noah Fant, but you got Javante Williams, who can also catch passes out of the backfield. Um, I will agree, like, this defense lost a little bit, but this offense is built and ready to go, I feel like, um, once they actually get a legitimate QB1, and now they do. So, we've been arguing for And they also brought in Randy Gregory on the edge. I mean, you got rid of Von Miller. Yeah. Brought in oh, Randy yeah, Gregory. I guess that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I'll go ahead and give it an A. How about you? I'm probably like the B plus to A minus territory. So yeah. okay, we'll lean A minus because it is Russell Wilson. Yeah, they we've been arguing forever. Forever, they needed their franchise guy, and they went out and got it. Can't see how I can't give them an A. So, all right. Well, we finish at an hour and fifty eight minutes, but dude, AFC was fucking packed. To say the yeah, least. the NFC should be like thirty minutes max. Yeah, for sure. I mean, well, you'll probably cover a lot of the losses, um, more than the gains of the NFC. Yeah, but it'll be fun to talk about who possibly steps up, you know. So in the NFC, I mean, we can couple that talk with the free agency talk and maybe a little bit draft stuff, but we'll figure that out tomorrow. But yeah. Solid AFC episode. We covered most of the major transactions that happened over free agency and in the trade market, which the most busy trade market I've ever seen and you've ever seen. So with that, we ought to sign off, man. Also, real quick, real quick. uh, We talked about the NFC episode um, tomorrow, and I don't know what time you all are going to have this, but I am going to make a guest appearance on... Um, it's Adroit Talks, A D R O I T Talks. Uh, we're having a mock draft episode tomorrow. It's going to be eight of us. Each of us take a division. So I'm going to be on that. So go check that out. Um, it's going to be, I think, live streaming on YouTube. So I guess I don't know if that's going to be before or after, but I know the mock draft episode that I'm going to be on is going to be at eight o'clock. So check that out as well as checking out our NFC episode tomorrow. Hell yeah, man. Uh, we'll try to not cross with your special yeah. star appearance. But um yeah, dude. Uh Jaden going out and repping the gang. Um doing a podcast collab with a couple of other dudes. So yeah, they each got a division. So yeah, check that out. Check our check our boy Jaden Kozak out making doing doing bigger and better things, you know. Trying expanding the brand, you know. So all right. With that, uh Jaden Kozak, Kane Schwartz signing off. We will catch you tomorrow for the NFC episode and check out Jaden's special guest appearance. Catch you later. Peace.